Welcome back to the Outside the Zone podcast. I'm your host, Puff, with the marvelous Doc here. Doc, what a time to be a sports fan right now. You know, I think everyone is so happy about sports being back, but I got to tell you, it was a rough weekend for me. All my fantasy teams lost. My survivor team lost. I lost money. The Bengals lost. You know, it was a rough weekend for me, but I feel like you kind of have the same things going for you being a Browns fan. Right. I mean, my fantasy team won, but I mean, nothing, nothing is worse than being a Browns fan. This blows year after year after year. Just all hope and rejection of that hope. All, all you have is fantasy. You don't, there's no reality for a Browns fan. All you can do is have your fantasies, I guess. That is true. That is our one saving grace in this decade of false, false sense of thinking that we can win every year, hiring new coaches, hiring new jams. It's, it's awful. Yeah. So I know we've said that we want to cover football, but it's the NBA playoffs, guys. We got to talk NBA on this one. So we'll jump right into it. Eastern Conference. This is our Eastern Conference finals preview podcast. But before we jump into Miami versus Boston, we want to talk a little bit about the Miami Bucks series and the Boston Toronto series. What a series that was. But I think let's start off with, you know, the one that was a little bit more lopsided, the Bucks versus Miami. You know, I know we both picked that actually, right? We both picked Miami. We both got that right. That we upset, we so. guaranteed it. We guaranteed we it. This is why we you got to listen to outside the zone, right? Yeah. Initial thoughts on that on that series, though. Yeah, man. I think it just turned out kind of how we thought. I mean, we didn't think Giannis was not going to play, right? Or not play fully. We didn't think he was not going to play the last game or two. But just the Heat, the matchup, they were able right. to put enough pieces around Giannis to make it hard and force Giannis's teammates to beat him. And guess what happened? They weren't able to. And, like, give it up for Chris Middleton. When Giannis went down, he, like, really showed what he has. But you got to be able to play where you compliment Giannis because Giannis is your superstar. He's the guy that if Chris Middleton is your best player, the most you can win is one or two games in the playoffs. If Giannis is your best player and you really play around him, you can win the championship, but you just need to step up. And they weren't – they the, the pieces around him – we're not playing well. And the Heat just had so many people that can score, and it really hurt the Bucks. And the Bucks weren't able to stop all the stop all that momentum. So I think the Bucks, in, if you look at the entire NBA and all the teams left, I think the Bucks, to me, had one of the top three teams in terms of talent, right? And I think most people agree right. that they're in that upper echelon with the Lakers and the Clippers in terms of just pure talent. And then I look at it. I just think that a lot of guys on the team, just for whatever reason, when the playoffs come around, they don't play to that same level. And that's, a, that's another team that reminds me of, of Houston, where I see a lot of guys on those teams that, you know, they play amazing in the regular season. They're amazing players. Like Chris Middleton is a really, really good player. And I've, I've given him a lot of praise, but I got to, you know, I got to throw some criticism at him. At some point, after a couple of years of lackluster performances in the playoffs, you got to play better. You're getting paid you're getting paid like a max player. You need to be that second wheel on that team. It's not like you have to shoulder everything because you have a superstar next to you in Giannis. And obviously Giannis did not play like his regular season self either. But at, at some point, you guys, have, they have to look in the mirror and be like, for whatever reason, these guys just aren't playing at the same level in the playoffs. I mean, Eric Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe has gotten like trashed in the playoffs, I feel like, so many years in a row, going back to Terry so Rozier and years. the Celtics. Like, there's no reason for this. So... I think maybe they just on it. I know I've been talking a lot about Chris Paul to the Bucks. Maybe they just need that guy who steps up and they can really lean on in the playoffs because no one else on this team has really shown me that, you know, I can count on them game in, game out in the playoffs. 
They need that reliable guy that makes winning plays, and that exactly Chris Paul would be a great fit. And Chris Middleton definitely deserves to be called out. He signed a hundred seventy-eight million dollar contract. Like, absolutely, that's not that's not joke money. That's showing that you are the guy that's going to bring Milwaukee to a championship and be that second fiddle to Giannis. And he did not play with that. And Giannis definitely deserves to be called out. He was hurt at the end, but like Giannis did not play like you expect the two-time. MVP to play like he needed to step up that game and he really just got outpowered which makes sense the Bucks there that he had a lot of pieces to throw at him and really make life difficult and that was a plan Eric Spolstra one of the best coaches in the NBA went with and it worked but I don't know I I've I disagree with you on a top three talent kind of thing I've been you you know I've been consistent about being, calling the Bucks overrated all season I just think that Obviously, I mean, they talent, were talent-wise, though. I, I get the overrated, and you're right about that. But the talent-wise, I think right. They do three. have the talent. They do have the yeah. talent, but I don't think they have the talent that Giannis needs to win a championship. I just think that I, it's pretty much shown throughout the history of the NBA. Like your top top-heavy teams do win out more than overall talent teams. I mean, there's exceptions where teams like the Spurs, or the Detroit Pistons, and stuff like that win. But more than enough, and the superstars are the ones that give you the championship. And the Bucks really just feasted on I mean, a poor conference this year. That really drove up their numbers. Obviously, they were the most, one of the most dominant teams. of. Perhaps they probably will go in the history books of one of the most dominant teams offensively and defense, especially defensively of all time. But I just don't think, I don't think they have the tools around Giannis to be a championship team. I think if you were just looking, I, you just look at like the talent and you look at how, like their peak, right? And their peak, absolutely that peak is good enough to win a championship. And they showed it. It's not like they just feasted on the East. When they were playing the top teams in the East and the West in the regular season, they had a lot outside of actually just the Heat. They had a lot of success. So, so I, what's I the difference? Why didn't – why if, if, that's, if, they, that's if the, this year is their that's peak? The question. No, no, and that's the big question. It, it's just for some reason certain players, I feel like, come up short in the playoffs. And I've been – listen, I think we've both been harping on the Bucks a lot. We got to give a lot of credit to the Heat here too. The Heat played them – as well as I think any team can. They listen, Jimmy Butler played like a superstar of the series, and he is a superstar. I think everyone just needs to admit it. He's a top 10 player in the NBA, no discussion needed. Bam played really well. Jay Crowder, I, I mean, Iguodala was a big you know, person that came over in that trade from Memphis, but Jay right. Crowder has actually been the biggest win for them in that trade. Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, so well in this series. So I think. It's just like I look at Miami, and Miami definitely does not have the talent to match up with the Bucks. But for whatever reason, maybe it's coaching, maybe there are other factors at play, you know, culture, leadership, and all that. But their players just seem like they play bigger in the playoffs, whereas the Buck players just seem like they play smaller. And it wasn't just against Miami. They didn't look good against Orlando either. Right. I mean, I just think it's, also, it's definitely the players, but if those players – Eric Bledsoe has always – provided duds in the playoffs right it's like if that's how they're going to play in the playoffs what kind of players are there and especially the game is so different in the playoffs it slows down it's less of the Bucks game which really relies on Giannis's ability to be one of the best transition transition players we ever had like you've got to consider that too when it's not it's they definitely have talent you see but is that talent good for playoff basketball and maybe and that's where I think it's not the answer is no yeah, and that's a fair point. I think, and I've said this so many times, again, the game slows down in the playoffs. And that's why a big reason why I've been against, you know, I've been not a Ben Simmons hater because I actually am. I, it seems like based on what everyone else says, I'm higher on him than most, which to me is crazy because I feel like I criticize him all the time. 
But for me, players like that, I feel like Russell Westbrook That's is another example. That's just because you like to fight me. Russell Westbrook is another example where, again, amazing transition players, but when it slows down and it is going to slow down in the playoffs, they really struggle to consistently get that half-court offense when teams really just pack the paint. So, That's a, that's a good point, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's very valid for and And Mike Budenholzer, that. too. I, I know I've defended him a lot in the past. And, you know, Atlanta, I think he – Got some criticism for it, but at the same time, there's no way he's going to beat LeBron in the Cavs with the team that he had. No superstars, best players like what Al Horford, Paul Millsap. So just the fact that they got to the conference finals was amazing. But yeah, in Milwaukee, again, they're playing amazing in the regular season like Atlanta did, but in the playoffs, they're just, they were, I mean, they were really close last year, but you know, they just haven't been as impressive. So I think he deserves a lot of blame. And I mean, there's a lot to go around. Right. So yeah, the other series, I mean, amazing series. Probably the best one, I think, so far that I've seen in the playoffs. Toronto and Boston. We can keep this one a little bit short. I think I don't really have criticism for either team. I just think it's more like praise. Really, the only criticism I have is for Pascal Siakam. Like, what the heck happened there? If he played anywhere as well as he did in last year's postseason or in this regular season, I think Toronto definitely wins a series. But the fact that they wow. were able to – they were able to – I mean – they were, what, basically a layup at, or a three at the end from winning the series, and you had your best player, supposed best player, just not play anywhere. Like, he didn't show up in that series on the offense for, as, far as, I'm con- as far as I'm concerned. So if he plays a little bit better, I mean, Kyle Lowry played, I thought, amazing in that series. Game seven, a little bit rough. But, I mean, the rest of the team at Baca, you go down the list, I thought they played really well. So all kudos to both of those teams, and I think Boston's going to make a lot of noise. Yeah, I mean, I think you you said it well. I don't think Toronto should be any should be upset about anything. Boston obviously just a much much more talented team um, with all the stars that they have. Toronto amazing effort. All these games were so good down to the wire. I was I was on the edge of my seat every single game, and it's just crazy how they Toronto got off to a rough start, but they figured it out. And I think that's a big part just due to Nick Nurse's coaching. He was able to like make the adjustments needed to get back into the series and. Like you said, Siakam should have should have showed up better, but I mean, Kyle Kyle Larry's their Larry's their guy at the end of the end of the games. That I mean, throughout this playoffs, that's been that guy to get those buckets. It's a shame he fouled out Game Seven. I still think the Celtics would have won Game Seven regardless of that. But I mean, all around effort, props to Toronto, and they're not going away. They're still young. I mean, they have the well, they have the pieces. I mean- Right, Marcus Saul, Marcus Saul, Kyle, Kyle Lowry. But I mean, yeah, maybe I'll take Baca. back that it's still young. But yeah. like, they have young pieces. The Akam and OG, yeah. and they develop uh, so well Powell. too. And yeah, they're gonna, they're just with the system Nick Nurse has in place. I have no doubt that they're gonna be back next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair points all around. And I agree with you. I think you know you could honestly take out a lot of these guys and replace them. And yeah, I mean, it's just kudos to yeah, you you nailed it, Nick Nurse. And that entire organization, Masai Ujiri as well. So just amazing organization, organization, probably top three in the NBA. And how about Kyle Lowry, though, too? I mean, he shed his label in the postseason where he was someone who we consider just didn't show up in the postseason. But he's past two years, he's been balling in the postseason. So kudos to him. I, I think we got to blame DeMar DeRozan for those. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there. So on to then the next matchup, obviously. Boston versus Miami. Initial thoughts on this series predictions? Yeah, I mean, this is what we thought it was going to be down to. This is this is yeah. fun. This is this is a very this is going to be a very gritty series. Boston plays tougher than they look. 
especially Absolutely. with how important Marcus Smart's just been to their game plan. I can't wait. Marcus Smart and Jimmy Butler are going to get into like a, what, a minimum of five fights this whole series. It's going to be fun. But the other guys don't back down either. Like Jalen, you know, Jalen Brown, Tatum, they don't back down from stuff like that either. It'll be fun. Right. The only thing that scares me is Tatum's been very inconsistent. Jalen Brown's shot isn't there. And Jalen Brown's shot is a big reason why Boston really has been so good this year. This guy can just pull up for anywhere. He's reliable. It's it's been very inconsistent this especially that Raptors series. So if he can find that shot and I know Hayward's gonna miss game one, but if Hayward gets back, that's just another like seventeen points a game the Heat have to try to counteract. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Boston has more talent, and I think they're not as reliant on one guy like the Bucks were. Harder for the Heat to game plan, so that's why they ha- I have the Celtics winning this series. How many games? Ooh, I, I think it's going to go seven. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good series, too. I think it'll go seven as well. I think you talked a lot about Jalen Brown and Tatum. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. They were a little bit both consistent in that series. But for me – I mean, they both showed that. I mean, they both had their games though, where they were playing really well. Like Jalen Brown was definitely the best player in a couple of those games. Same with Tatum, especially for that game seven. I think the guy for me that's the X factor is uh, Kemba Walker. I mean, he really struggled against Toronto. Like he was the one guy, and I mean, Toronto guarded him really well. Once they put in that box and one defense on him, like that really bottled bottled him up. I'm curious to see who takes advantage of Miami and how they play, just in the fact that. If you look at this Boston Celtics team, they if you look at basically everyone outside of if Hayward's in the if Hayward's in the lineup, everyone outside of Daniel Tice can create his own shot and like is really good at it, right? Because you have Kemba at the one, Brown at the two, Hayward or Tatum at the three and four. So when they're playing Miami and you know, who's Goran Dragic gonna guard and like Kendrick Nunn, like not, neither of those guys are really good defenders. So there's like I feel like they're going to kind of get exposed there pretty much. And I think that's a big difference in the series. And I mean, obviously same with um, Boston as well with Kemba and that defensive liability, but they just don't have the number of creators that Boston has. So it'll be really interesting for me. I actually do have Boston as well. And I picked them before the playoffs to make it to the finals. So I may as well stick with them now, but I think it'll be a really fun series and Marcus Smart's going to be big again, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I mean, not we miss a lot we both of us are have a lot of things that should be on freezing cold takes but i mean both of us our brackets are perfect so far for the playoffs um especially with with the upsets that are going on i mean i had the clippers i think you did too yeah that we can talk about that one later give a little quick prediction on the game seven but yeah right but like i mean Perhaps to us, but yeah, I think just that's a good point about Boston's creators. It's going to be a lot of pressure on Jimmy to carry the defense, especially when he'll probably have to guard Tatum. It's going to be hard for those other to, for those other guys to really make a difference. Um, again, but Miami can throw a lot of people on Tatum, like Iggy, um, Jay Crowder, which will help Jimmy um, be able to really yeah carry the offensive load, but. Yeah, I, I doubt Jimmy's going to start on Tatum. It'll be a situation, I think, where at the end of the game's fourth quarters and things like that, he gets switched right, off. Right, right. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but 100%. It's, just, it's so hard to cover all those weapons. But the thing, it'll just come down to if Boston's able to hit their shots. Like you said, Kemba, really, Kemba needs to figure it out. He did, at the end, In the fourth quarter of the last game, he got his shot back, which let Boston get that win. But if he comes out slow... Miami's going to take advantage of that. Miami always takes advantage when teams come out slow. They always do. And Boston can't fall behind. They can't. 
Yeah, and I think it, it'll come down to also how they guard Kemba. If, like I said, if they put someone like Dragic or Nunn on him, then I think Kemba's just going to be very aggressive. Because I, I do think when Kemba was looking more for his own shot in that Toronto series, he was better. But I think a lot of times he just like was very passive and giving it up to Tatum and Brown. So it'll be interesting. Um, I think it'll be obviously a really good series. And yeah, I mean, this could, this could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat win. You know, I, I'm saying Boston in seven, but again, like that's 51% to like 49% Miami and seven. So again, could just go either way and it'll be one heck of a series. For sure. Grab your popcorn. All right. So we haven't done better baller in a while. So I think it's time that we finally do another one. I, I don't think we've done one like since we've had our last guest, it's been a while. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, the concept of better baller is we basically pick the player who we think um, gives us the best chance to win a championship this year. So because we're doing an Eastern Conference Finals preview, we picked a player, Kemba Walker, to compare him to other players in the series and, and for us to pick, okay, like would we, would we rather have Kemba if we're trying to win this series and in the playoffs or this, the other players I mentioned? So I'll get us, I'll get us started here. Pav, you want to give us your take, but Kemba and Jalen Brown. Who would you rather have for the for the? Let's just talk about the series. We'll just make it about the series. Who would you rather have? Yeah, I, are we doing just straight up gut reaction? Gut reactions only. Kemba Walker. I'm going Jalen Brown. Kemba or Bam? Bam. Bam here. Kemba or Gordon Hayward? Kemba. Kemba. Yep. Kemba for me too. So I'm surprised you went Kemba over Jalen Brown. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of because it's to win this year. I think if it's with to win like next year or even a couple of years, like Jalen Brown definitely is that is going to be better than Kemba has been in his prime. But I just think to win this year, I haven't been able, I know Kemba can really run a team on his own and initiate that offense on his own. And Jalen Brown's just been a little inconsistent at that, in my opinion, to be able to pick him if, if we were like building a team around that guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I just love the two way, the, the how Jalen plays in the two-way, that offense and defense and all that. So that's why I have to go Jalen on that one. But, yeah, can't go wrong either way. So we're going to wrap this up. We kind of mentioned it before, the Clippers versus Denver. I did not see a game seven coming. I thought this was going to go five, max six games. I And when it was like game five and Clippers were up by like, what, 15 or 16, I was like, it's over. And then Denver somehow comes back. Again, game six. Clippers are up by 19. All right, definitely over. No way they can do it again. But somehow, some way, this Denver team, this young, feisty Denver team, comes back both times, gets the W, and now we're in a game seven, and all the pressure is on Kawhi Leonard and those Clippers. Nikola Jokic, man, just unreal. Best center in the NBA. Can I, can I, just, say, can I just say, I've been a huge Nikola Jokic guy, and you know this, and all of our listeners know this as well. Right. I've been a huge Nikola Jokic guy. There is no argument for any other center over him at this point. There is no argument that he is not a top 10 player in the NBA at this point. Like the way he's playing, I know Jamal Murray was the best player in that Utah series, but again, he played a huge role in that one. And then this, this series would be long over without him and how he's playing. He's, you could make a case he's been the best player in this series alongside Kawhi Leonard. Like he's been that right. good with Jamal Murray struggling the series with how Clippers are guarding him because the Clippers have no answer at all all on how to guard this guy. Harold right. is getting destroyed. Zubat just isn't good enough on defense. I mean, they have no answers. 
They, and that's that's what we thought. We we talked about that before. Like this series can go deep if Jokic can be who Jokic is. Like, and he's playing even better than we thought he was. He is hitting insanely difficult three pointers. He's obviously facilitating the offense as good as as good as advertised. Jamal Murray has been a little inconsistent, but has been showing up when he needs to. But I mean. I don't know, man. Game seven, I'm taking the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard just hits these huge shots anytime. Like, I mean, last game, it was just such a funk, and the Nuggets went up by 10 in the, in the flash of an eye. But I don't know. This whole series, Kawhi's been hitting big shots. I just think that I, – I honestly think if the Nuggets get off to a rough start like they had the last couple games, it'll be it'll be real hard for them to come back because – Kawhi's not letting that happen. Kawhi wants LeBron. You can tell in his eyes how he wants to face LeBron and the Lakers and prove to the world that he's the best player in the NBA. He wants that. Um, but, oh, my God, how fun would it be if the Nuggets come back from 3-1 again? That would be insane. I'm with you, though. I just think they're – well, I think, for one, Kawhi and that whole team has just been looking, you know, two rounds ahead in when they were playing Dallas and now one round ahead just to the Lakers. Like, that's just what they've been fixated on. The way they built this roster, I feel like they even built this roster to take down the Lakers. So I think they've just been looking at that and obviously not being as focused as as they should have been against Dallas and now Denver. And, I mean, this is a very – you know, they really dropped the ball in this one, and they're in a very difficult position now. I'm with you. If it's a Kawhi in a game seven, we've seen the way how he steps up. He's a clutch player. I mean, he's one of the clutchest players in the league. I know. I mean, I think Jokic is really clutch too. But in a game seven, I generally tend to favor the team that has the best player on it, and Kawhi Leonard is obviously that player. So I'm I'm going with the Clippers as well. For sure, for sure. I mean, oh, I hope it's a fun one because these games when they were down to the wire have been insane. Hey, is Michael was Michael Porter Jr. Did he make the right call to call his teammates there? Like, whoa, man. In the moment, I was like, what the hell is this guy doing? I mean, it sparked something. They've won two straight. So. That's crazy. I'm surprised it didn't break up like the locker room. Damien, Damian Lillard called him out. Like, it obviously textbook was not good, but for some reason it, it really rallied them together. Like, I really think that they were like, yeah, that's how we win. Let's, let's do it. Like, show us your talent. And he stepped up. He's backed up his words. Kudos to Mike Malone, though, too. If I, I was just even thinking, if I was that coach and a player, like a rookie did that to me, I would have thought about just like sitting him as, you know, just like alert, as a lesson. But kudos to him for not only playing him, but playing him in crunch time at the biggest moments. And it paid off because they don't win that game five without Michael Porter Jr. Right, right. Well, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, but we have our popcorn ready. We're ready for this and both series are going to be great. So tune in for the, Tune in for the next episode. We'll have it once the Clippers-Nuggets series is over. We'll talk about the, the past two Western Conference matchups. We'll preview the Western Conference finals. And as always, this has been Outside the Zone.